morning. Morning, guys. Speaking of morning, 3.30 this morning I woke up and I was dreaming about preaching this. So there was two verses that I was preaching about that weren't anything that I had worked on. <laughs> so first one is Isaiah 118. And I'll, I'm just going to read, read these two verses because I really feel like I was supposed to. So, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Just a comment on that. That's prayer. Come and let us reason together, isn't it? We're talking about prayer. Hence the gospel because it's Jesus' blood which is red, which makes us white as snow. And also, pretty popular verse, which is 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Heal their land. So before we go into the actual text this morning, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, please give us wisdom. Help us to learn to pray, to be faithful in prayer, to be thankful, to be watchful, to speak your words boldly, to share your gospel, to act widely. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that was a sermon, actually. I'm hitting the prayer. Uh, Colossians 4. Am I standing in a bad spot? For no, it's me. Colossians 4. I'm going to read 2 to 6. We'll see if we get through it all. Verse 2. Continue in prayer. And watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So, to start with, we are to continue in prayer. Can anybody think of a Bible verse that says the same thing, basically, but sort of in a negative? It says, pray without ceasing. Right? Right? Not, not right. Pray without ceasing. So, don't stop praying. How's he going to go with that? If uh, if you don't pray often, and I often struggle to want to pray more because uh, I get distracted by life and so many other things, then I think we ought to ask God, help us to pray more. Help us to pray more the easy way, because I think God will draw us and give us challenges to draw us to pray to Him more often. So I think, Lord, please help us to, to learn the easy way to pray to you more often, to walk with you in prayer, because I honestly fear sometimes what it takes to soften our hearts when they're toughened by all the distractions in the world, that sort of thing. So continue in prayer, 
There, there that verse is, is actually First uh, Thessalonians five seventeen, which says pray without ceasing, and it also says something else. Actually, verse eighteen says, "In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God uh, in Christ Jesus concerning you." And going back to our Colossians verse, it says, "Continue in prayer and watch in the same thanksgiving." What do you suppose Thanksgiving does? to us. It changes our hearts. It aligns our hearts. When we're thanksgiving, we're not thinking about all the things that we're good at, or we can accomplish, or we can do. We're changing our hearts to realize that it's what Jesus has done, what Christ does for us. It's His grace, not our own. Everything we have is His, belongs to Him. We're nothing without Him. So it changes us. So by Praying with thanksgiving, we're changing our hearts and aligning ourselves to Him. You know, we want to pray in God's will. What is His will for us, as opposed to what are our desires and our wants? Let's align our desires to Him. Also, it says, "Watch, watch in the same." What does it mean to watch? What's what is the purpose of watching, and what are we watching for? We're supposed to be on the lookout. In fact, countless times in the Old Testament, we're told to set a watchman. We're supposed to watch out for the enemies that are coming. For thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go set a watchman, let him declare what he seeth. Isaiah 21, verse 6. And there are so many verses that say the same thing. Set a watchman, be a watchman, watch at the gate, and then if, you, if the watchman isn't doing his job, and then the bad guys come, the watchman's guilty for it. But the watchman warns, and no one listens, he's done his job. So there's some of us that really need to be more focused on the watchman. We're all supposed to watch. Okay? And what else do we watch for? For the Lord's coming, right? We're supposed to be diligently watching for the Lord's coming. In Matthew, we are told Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. And also watch therefore, for you know what not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. That's Matthew 24, 42 and 25, 13. Same area. Telling <laughs> us to watch the Lord's coming. We need to be hopeful for that, don't we? That should be like, that should be on our mind, the forefront of our mind all the time. The Lord is coming back. He promises not slack, as men call slackness. He's only tearing the short time that he's coming back. So we keep on looking at it, we keep watching. What happens if we forget to watch? Well, it's like letting go. Take over, right? The cares of this world will take over. The cares of this world become more important. It happens a lot, happens so easily. So keep that one eye always on the horizon for the coming of Jesus. Because when we think about that, then we have to think about what it said. What it says in Colossians 4, verse 5 is this redeeming the time. Because there's not much of it. Left. So, what can we do to redeem that time? We'll do that.
to continue in prayer and watch and sing with thanksgiving. Watch in prayer. You can't watch all on your own. Also, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. But give you the strength to, to, to watch. Remember the disciples there in the Garden of Gethsemane? And they're told, Can you just you know, stay here and watch? Jesus goes out and prays, come back an hour later. Did you watch? Ask him again. Goes, comes back, they're sleeping again. Times. Pretty much exactly. Isn't it interesting that the connection we thought about? The connection comes, goes and comes back in. This time they know. Talking about sleeping. Let's not be sleepers, right? Bible says, Awake the other that sleepers. Arise from the dead, Christ will give thee light. We'd be watching, and it's hard for us to do because we're attached to this ugly thing called flesh. So let's ask God to help us to do that. And to keep us from the things that are coming. We know that there's hardship and difficulty and tribulation and difficulty coming. So let's pray that we do not have to go through that. That we would be preserved, we would be kept in and through that difficulty. First Timothy 4. It says that now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That is a scary thing to think about, that there are going to be those around us that they look like they're in faith. But they got a conscience seared with hot iron. And they've departed, or will depart. And we need to be watchful for that, for the terrors in the thorn, for the terrors in the wheat. We look for the terrors. We want to look for the wolves in sheep's clothing. Let's be mindful and watchful for those things. And you can't discern that without help from the Lord. He says, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us the door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, which I am also bonds. So one of the things we need to pray for is that God would open doors, opportunities to preach the gospel. That's the mystery of Christ, the gospel. The mystery of Christ is that he sent his son to be a man, to live among us perfectly, sinlessly, without blame, so that because of our sin, he would take our punishment. He would suffer, die on the cross, go down to the pit, pay that full transaction fee for our sins, preach the captives down there, rise again, alive, victorious over death, and lead us to ascend into heaven, leaving us the gift of his Holy Spirit and his word, and that he is coming again. That is the mystery of the gospel. And you know what's the other part of the mystery? That he would do it for us. The non-Jews, 
even a, a quarter Jew. Um, I was thinking something like a quarter or two pints or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Jews Israel had a promise, still has a promise, but did it also include us? Right? Pagans. Those who worshipped all the false gods, humanism and, and, and everything else. But God is so rich in mercy. Another reason to be thankful, hmm. right? Because he is rich in mercy. So we pray that God would open the door, open opportunities. Actually, Jesus says, Behold, I send a door knock. But he may open the door, I'll come in unto him. So we're praying that. It's God's will that there be doors open. Let's pray for that. We're speaking this through the gospel. Paul was in bonds for it. How are how far will you go? Are you willing, as Paul, to suffer, to be bound to the gospel? And he was in physical bonds, he was in prison, he was tortured for it, he stoned, he probably died. If we understand the scriptures correctly, it sounds like he probably died being stoned for the gospel. How far am I willing to go? Am I willing to break some of these, or willing to risk some of my relationships with people? Because I don't want to, you know, set the cart, the apple cart, right? But am I willing to do that for the sake of the gospel message? That that person may hear it at least once, and it's their choice to make. How hard is that? How deep? I think it's hard. To sometimes think, you know, you built up that relationship, but they just don't want to hear that part. Or you're afraid that if they if they hear you start to talk about their sin, they, they don't want to, no, not going to, not going to go down that way or this kind of relationship. We are then here. Don't bring religion into this thing. So let's pray that God helps us, that changes our heart, that we are broken over the fact that they are going to help. They're going that way by default. So they need someone to share the gospel. In Romans 10, it tells us that how do they know unless they hear? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Someone needs to go. Romans 10 quotes the how beautiful are the feet of those who tread the mountains. Need to have peace. Try with the gospel peace. That are willing to go and share the good news. We're told to go. We're told to go. We're not going to come in the door by evil. It's a rare occasion when somebody walks in the door. The Holy Spirit has prompted them to walk in and hear the gospel message. That's a rare occasion. It's going to be in our everyday lives, the people around us. And when that's done, it's going to be the next ring to go out, knock on your neighbor's door, invite them over for some marshmallows and a hot dog or something, and say, come on over. And then you start talking about life and how you have a testimony. And you share that testimony that it's only by the grace of God that you've gotten through these things. That might open the door for you to talk about that, to ask them, so are you a good person? Have you ever broken God's laws? What, how does that make, what do you think about that? And then they, they might ask you what you think about that. Let's pray that God would open those doors as opportunities. And then the Holy Spirit would give you the words to say that are the right ones 
for that person. Because the, we also want right, the soil ready, soften, so that the seeds go in and they're going to grow up and germinate. So that it's, it's the right time and everything. Okay? Let's pray that God would help us to do that. Give us the courage and the boldness. Acts 4.31 says, And they spake the word of God boldly. That was the mark of being filled. Oh, this is, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God boldly. That's what we ought to do, to speak the word of God boldly. And you know what? If you don't know how to articulate the gospel, there's lots of resources to go through um, so that you can, as I did, talk about what are the points of the gospel. It starts with, you have sinned against the living God. It ends with, Jesus Christ paid for that. Always starts with, you've broken God's laws. And it always ends with, there's grace. But, it's only grace if you bridge the gap with what? Jesus paying for your sin and having faith in that. If you have trouble articulating that, if you're like, I just don't I share the gospel, I'd be happy to talk to you about that. Happy to show you the scriptures that you could just always reference and go back to. Like the Romans wrote is a great example. Okay? And there are so many great scriptures that you could use. And again, pray that the Holy Spirit just give you the right scriptures, the right words at that right moment to share. First verse is that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. I thought about this one. Make it manifest means to make it real. That does not mean a fancy stage with all sorts of flashy lights or the right YouTube video or the right colors and the right things or something tangible or trying to bury it in Lord of the Rings or some other creative story. We're told to avoid fables, avoid the tales. The Jewish fables even were told specifically to avoid. When we're talking about making it real, make it manifest, talking about a word of wisdom, so that when you're talking to somebody, you, by the Holy Spirit's power, say just what needs to be said, that it pricks their heart. It's like Paul was talking, and sometimes they say, you prick my heart. I think that King Agabus, Agabus, or one of them says something, you prick my heart. That's what we want to see, is that the person listening is convicted over sin. That just the right word is said, that it's real to them, and it's authentic, so that when you say it, you're not just the Mormon missionary coming to the door to tick off a box. Okay? You're, you're there because you love them. You hate to see them go to hell. You hate to see them die. That's the motivation. When they see that you come in love and charity. Next it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, by speak with the tongues of angels, but have not charity. I mean, it's nothing. Nothing. So we want to to lace it with love. It's got to be real. And that's the only way it will be manifest to them. That it will be true. Is if you love them. Love them nothing. Because you don't want them to die. And be lost. You want them to be saved. To have an inheritance 
in heaven, in the promised land. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Ephesians 5 talks about redeeming the time because the days are evil. And actually, have to read it because Ephesians 5 is so close to this. Wherefore saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, rise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Do you know what the word circumspectly means? What's the perimeter of a circle though? Circumference. And what does speckly mean? <laughs> to look. To look around. Look around the whole thing. To walk circumspectly. Not blindly, but circumspectly. Be wise. Fools walk around blindly. Right? The blind means blind. That's foolish. We we have like a magnifying glass, a telescope, and everything here right here. Walk, let's look at everything. Compare it with the scriptures, compare our understanding. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And they're short. The days are even evil coming more and more. So we ought to redeem the time. When his boss passed away, I was crying because I thought I didn't push in my relationship to tell her, no, Susan, you need to hear this gospel. And she did. And there are so many more around me who I work with, around me, the neighbors, because I don't know Jesus. And when are they going to die? I don't know, but it's soon. Soon for everyone. So we ought to redeem the time, because the days are short and they're evil. Walk wisely. If you don't have wisdom, you don't know what to do here. James says, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. James 1 5 is asked, Lord, any wisdom. And he will. He told us to do it. If God said to do it, faithful is he that called you, also will do it. So if he says do something, and you say, okay, Lord, I will do it, please help me, he's going to do it. Right? Let's not put up a fight on that one. Oh, I need to pray with God. God wants me to do this. Well, God says, do it. Do it. Say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Now help me do it. We pray, God, help us to do that. Heavenly Father, ask in Jesus' name that you would help us all to, to have that love for those who are lost. Genuine love. Charity. And they would recognize that when we talk to them, we don't talk to them out of pride, arrogance, trying to get another box checked off, or even to do a good thing. But that they they see your love through us. They hear your words come through us. So that it's Jesus who's glorified 
and their lives are saved. Let's watch out for our brothers and sisters and for our neighbors. And moms and dads, all those who don't know the Lord, let's watch out for their sins and be willing to go and mourn, to share the gospel, to be willing to go and mourn so that they might be saved. Help us, Lord. And we thank you that you call us to do this. Call us to go. Call us to pray. Call us to watch. Call us to faith. And you're there right with us, doing it. And carrying us through it. We pray the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just one last thought. Uh, this morning, this is a encouragement and an example. Genesis 5 is where a lot of people die. Actually, everybody listed in the Genesis 5, fifth time in the name, they die. Or, in the case of the guy I'm about to talk to, talk about, Enoch says, And Enoch lived 65 years in begat Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God after begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. See some verse, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. What a testimony that is. That he walked with God. I mean, that's continual prayer, if anything. Walked with God 365 years, and be 365 days, and continue prayer. He did. He walked with God and God took him. That is a foreshadowing of the rapture. And God transcended him, taking him to him. So that is a testimony and encouragement, I hope, that we ought to be continuing in prayer walking towards.